The following is a class given by His Holiness Jayapataka Swami Maharaj on December 4th, 1980 in Los Angeles, California, USA. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 4th Canto, Chapter 16, Verse 11. Pitu was born of the dead body of King Vena as fire is produced from Arani wood. Thus King Pitu will always remain just like fire and his enemies will not be able to approach him. Indeed he will be unbearable to his enemies for although staying very near him they will never be able to approach him but will have to remain as if far away. No one will be able to overcome the strength of King Prithu. Purported by Srila Prabhupada. Irony wood is a kind of fuel used to ignite fire by friction. At the time of performing sacrifices, one can ignite a fire from irony wood. Although born of his dead father, King Prithu would still remain just like fire. Just as fire is not easily approached, King Pritu would be unapproachable by his enemies, even though they would appear to be very near him. <coughs> Thus end the purport by Srila Prabhupada. King Prithu was born of the dead body of King Vena as fire is produced from irony wood. Thus King Prithu will always remain just like fire. And his enemies will not be able to approach him. Indeed he will be unbearable to his enemies for all those staying very near him. They will never be able to approach him but will have to remain as if far away. No one will be able to overcome the strength of King Prithu. No one will be able to overcome the strength of King Prithu. And even though the enemies of King Prithu are very near, they have to remain as if they are far away. Of course, Lord Prithu is a Shaktavesh avatar of Krishna. So wherever there is Krishna, Maya cannot stand. Krishna Surjo Sama Maya Hoyandokar Jaha Krishna Saha Maya Nahi Adikar. So, this Krishna conscious movement, Srila Prabhupada said, is an incarnation of Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It is a branch of his transcendental tree. 
the tree of which he is the gardener, as well as he is the tree. So, this movement, although situated in so many countries, so many cities around the world, right in the midst of civilizations based upon Rajagun and Tamagun, although envious-minded people are very near, still they have to stay as if far away. That is the protection which Krishna gives. The Siva Prabhupada so often said that uh, purity is the force. We must maintain our purity and then Krishna always protects us. Because this movement is not different from Krishna, every preacher, every book distributor, every devotee who is going out, sticking his neck out, so to speak, to present Krishna consciousness, not for any ulterior motive, but for the benefit of the conditioned souls in this material world who are bound up in ignorance. They are protected by the mercy of Krishna. So, of course, purity has many connotations. Purity, we study, of course, is this internal purity and external purity. We take a bath for external purity and we chant Hare Krishna and worship the deities for internal purity. The internal purity, of course, means much more because with chanting comes the deep obligation we have to our spiritual master. Everyone in this material world is living in a very abominable condition because they're taking that this body and this mind and this intelligence which has been received due to so many repetitions of birth and death in this material world, they're taking that this polluted body, mind and intelligence is their self and therefore they are suffering. In so many bodies, in so many situations, they are suffering in anxiety, in desire, in so-called misery and so-called enjoyment. They are being tossed around this ocean of material world. Therefore their existence is most abominable. So the spiritual master, he gives one the seed of pure devotion, 
ब्रह्मांड ब्रमिते खोनो बाग भगवान जीव गुरु कृष्ण प्रसादे पाए भक्ति लोटा बीच कृष्ण सेंस दी स्पिरिचुअल मास्टर एंड बाय दी मर्सी ऑफ द स्पिरिचुअल मास्टर वन गेट्स दी सीड ऑफ डिवोशन एंड दैट सीड ऑफ डिवोशन इज सो वैल्यूबल इट सेव्स वन फ्रॉम दैट अबामनेबल कंडीशन So the devotee has two obligations. One is he has to tend the seed which sprouts and turns into a plant, into a tree. He has to tend that because that is a service given to him by his spiritual master. And with that, which is part of the tending itself, he has to fulfill whatever orders. Whatever responsibilities the spiritual master gives to him, it's like in the description of taking initiation. When one chants Hari Krishna for some time and is very strict, then the spiritual master gives Gayatri mantra. And Sri Prabhupada said, when this Gayatri mantra is given. That does not mean that he is already perfect. That means now he is ready to make further progress. From that point, now he can become more sincere, more advanced. The spiritual master gives his mercy. <coughs> Seeing the good qualities in someone, you see. Not that there is no bad quality, or that taking uh, second initiation means that having gotten our thread. Now there is no more bad quality. Everything about me is perfect. Doesn't mean that. It means the spiritual master has seen some sincerity of purpose. Therefore, to reinforce that, he is given some special mercy. In this way, the spiritual master gives his mercy many times, seeing some spark of hope. But the disciple, it is his duty to always remember that without the mercy of his spiritual master, he was. Simply in the most abominable state, in the most abominable state, and by the mercy of the spiritual master, he's been taken out of that abominable state. Krishna is working through the spiritual master; is present as the spiritual master, the spiritual master who is in his own right a devotee of Lord Chaitanya. So when we chant Hari Krishna, naturally we should be relishing that chanting. In fact, the devotees of the previous acharyas in their prayers 
They say that if someone is chanting and he's not crying, it must be known that when he's hearing the holy name of Krishna, of Lord Chaitanya, his heart isn't melting, his heart is hard like a stone. Very unfortunate. So the Bhajananandis, they take a little taste and they want to go on relishing. But Bhakti Siddhanta Shashri Thakur, he has revealed that actually the highest taste comes in chanting with so many devotees and in giving that devotion to others. So, the responsibility that Prabhupada has given to all of his followers in the Sipalik succession and which has been given before him by the previous Acharyas and ultimately by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that every person, every house should be approached and they should be begged to please take up the order of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What is that order? To chant Hare Krishna. To worship Krishna. And to study the teachings of Krishna. Like the Bhagavad Gita, Simon Bhagavad. Bolo Krishna, Bhajo Krishna, Koro Krishna, Shikha. This was the Agya, the order that Lord Nityananda and Haridas, they received. So although the Supreme Personality of Godhead has come as Lord Nityananda and Lord Brahma has come as Haridas, they are going from every house to beg the people to chant Hare Krishna, to take up this message. So, that is how we relish is that whether it's relishing or not, anyway we first have our first duty to our spiritual master. We can't forget that. We are completely subordinate to his mercy. So see the Prabhupada wanted all the great devotees want that every person should get the chance to take up chanting. I remember that before I went to India in 1969, 1970, I visited, at that time every, we were just uh, moved into this uh, New Dwarka, Avenue, address that time the little there were little small Radha Krishna deities that were taken around the block and we would give a morning report. It was very inspiring. And all the devotees would give their report and Srila Prabhupada was very satisfied. So one morning Srila Prabhupada was taking a walk and he mentioned that 
is not that everyone will be a devotee shaved up and uh, living in the temple. He didn't say shaved up, but he said living in the temple. Not that everyone will be living in the temple, but just like there are so many churches, or so there will be so many temples, and some devotees who are fully giving their time for preaching and instructing, they'll be living there. And others, hundreds and thousands, they'll be coming sometimes to the temple, and their house they'll be worshipping and chanting. In 1970, I remember that he mentioned that. And this is also in the fifth canto, <clears throat> one place to the Prabhupada says in the purport that there's no reason why every person in every society all over the world cannot chant Hare Krishna in his home with his family. Every night. This is a mission. Everyone may not be able to come in our temple, although many more will, hundreds and thousands and many more temples will be made. But everyone can chant in their home. This type of preaching was started uh, by Lord Nityananda, of course, and that was revived by Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Namhat program, where individual houses or in groups, anyway, he would encourage them to open up little shops, Shraddha Kutis, houses of faith. And of many programs have started now around the society. A few programs have started. To encourage people to form the broad Varnashram base, the Prabhupada said, was yet completed, yet to be completed in his work. Contributing something every month. At least chanting in their homes to form a broad congregation. In this way, there are so many things yet to be done, so many books yet to be distributed to cultivate all these people. But Srila Prabhupada, he was very concerned about the future of the movement which he had spent so much time to cultivate his whole life he simply prepared, we see from Srila Gurupada's manifested biographies. And how he was preparing from his youthful days, simply for preaching Krishna consciousness all over the world. I remember that in Vrindavan, Mayapur, also, many times he mentioned that if you can't, even if you don't expand, I don't mind, in one sense. Even if you don't expand, at least 
all the good respect, all the buildings, all the things which I have been able to expand, at least maintain. Don't let that uh, deteriorate. The smallest bit. Of course, especially in Mayapur, we see the very striking example uh, as the practically before our eyes we see the Gaudiya mud crumble with the paint falling off the walls. Uh, if they had just maintained the respect that Bhakti Siddhanta had established, the Viceroy of India had gone to the birthplace of Lord Chaitanya. If they even maintain that respect today, so many bogus philosophies would not be rampant. So, of course, we're not going to be satisfied with just maintaining. We want to also expand. But the point is how deeply Srila Prabhupada felt that every step we take must be a step forward. We should be very careful. We should be very cautious. We should be very responsible. What is responsibility? Every disciple is responsible to his spiritual master. What is the principle of devotional service? We are responsible to our spiritual master. And he is responsible to his spiritual master. And he is responsible to his spiritual master. Ultimately, everyone is responsible to Krishna through disciplic succession. So, the order of the spiritual master, that is supreme. Everyone has to serve that order. Whether that individual is a spiritual master or whether he is not a spiritual master, whoever he may be. The order of the spiritual master is supreme over all the disciples. We have seen that in our Sampradaya, Bhakti Vinod Thakur had started a panchayat of ten men. Panchayat means governing body. And he said that whatever they meet privately and decide, that is not different from Lord Nityananda's verdict. That is to be accepted as Nityananda's desire. Then we saw how Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he ordered his disciples that you cooperate together, make a governing body. And failing to do so, now everything is crumbled. Just the trace is there. And Prabhupada has very lucidly expressed all these things in the 
Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila, third part, first few verses, when he's describing Advaita Acharya's six sons, three being Osar or separated because they deviated from the Acharya, and three being bona fide because they maintained their loyalty to the order of Advaita Gosai. Even a son of Mahavishnu avatar, if he deviates from Mahavishnu, is no longer considered to be a real son. He's considered to be Asar. So, it's an unending struggle to fight with our mind, to fight with our materialistic mind and senses, and materialistic intelligence. We have to fight with our enemies or make them our allies by simply making them subservient to the instruction of our spiritual master. So just like our previous Acharyas, Siddha Prabhupada also said that there must be a governing body and he made the governing body in his presence. He didn't leave it up to chance. And he sat through so many initial meetings also, just to make sure that everything went nicely. And when he entered into his eternal pastimes, although he's still present here, there's no doubt about that. It's not that he's entered and left us. He's still present, so much present. So carefully watching what is going on. So carefully giving out punishment and reward to make us aware of our mistakes and our success. At that time when he, however, left from our physical vision, before then, in his will, verbally, so many different ways. He said that he wanted the society to go on under the governing body commission. That is the order of the spiritual master. Of course, he also appointed certain devotees to give initiation. And these devotees are his disciples. So in spite of the fact that they have to be spiritual masters, it is their duty to give spiritual instruction exactly as they heard it from their spiritual master, exactly as is bona fide and authorized in the scripture. Definition is there. What is guru? Guru is one who simply repeats what he heard from his spiritual master and from Krishna as he realized it. That should be always completely in line with the Shastra. So in spite of some members being initiating Acharyas, the devotees in general should be mature enough to see that they have the order of their spiritual master to follow. And that is the highest principle. And that order is that in this ISKCON society, the governing body commission decision 
is to be accepted as the desire of the previous Acharyas, the desire of Krishna, of Siddha Prabhupada, especially. And therefore they have to accept that instruction. You see. Even though they are absolute spiritual masters, or devotees, still that absolute order they receive from their spiritual master takes great and supreme precedence over everything else. The Siddha Prabhupada has given us so many instructions in the scriptures. In fact, he's given so many instructions how to be devotee, how to be disciple, how to be a spiritual master. How to be a king, how to be a Kachriya, how to be a Brahmin, how to be a Vaishya, how to be a Sudra. He's given all the instruction. How to be a Grihastha. How to raise children. How to give up Grihastha and be a Sanyas. He's given all the instructions. So that for 10,000 years this movement will go on expanding. And so that everyone has a clear idea how he should act. But nobody is independent of the Shastra. Lord Chaitanya would sit and discuss with senior devotees Shastra. Who is today the great Acharya of the Balav Sampradaya. He came and wanted to present. He had so many conceptions from... And his conceptions of Shastra were not accepted by Lord Chaitanya. And that has been very carefully given, although he was such an advanced person. Of course, he couldn't swallow it. So he went off and he made his own sect. Or he took another initiation from Vishnu Swami's sect. So therefore their sect does not understand what is Madhurjira. So they don't understand what is the highest point. They just go up to a certain level. But they're devotees, no doubt. So, here we see our Prithu Maharaj. He was such a great ruler that he was just like fire. <laughs> Similarly, every devotee should be just like fire. Fire, when it's controlled, is very useful, and it is very powerful. The uncontrolled fire means that it is very destructive. The devotees, they're like fire, but that fire is applied, you see. That's why they get continually more fuel. It's given down the disciplic succession, and the preaching goes on expanding. As much electricity as is required for illuminating a light, that much is given from the powerhouse. It's an automatic system. Condensers and uh, relay switches. As much as it draws, that's how much is taken. We have a generator at Mayapur. If we turn on 20 kilowatts of light, the generator will work on a 20 kilowatt load. It won't produce more. And if we turn on all the lights like at the festival, 
It burned the fuse. Because <laughs> it had only 60 kilowatt load capacity, but we turned on 80 kilowatts. All on one phase. Three phases. And Vishnupad went down and got everyone jumping to fix the fuse. So no one even knew more than a few hours. So, the point is that as much as we can give out Krishna's mercy, Krishna will provide so much more load, so much more electricity, shakti. So we simply have to see that there's no short circuits. That we're not having what they know as leak. If you have a loose wire touching the wall, it creates electrical leak. So the ele unlimited electricity is drawn off. So much energy is expended for no useful purpose. In fact, if you touch the wall, you get a shock. It can even be very dangerous. So there is where purity comes in. That by purity we are insulating ourselves from any leaks, from any contact with Maya conductors. And we're simply taking that energy right where it needs to go. Right to the conditioned soul's heart. Igniting their wood-like heart and making it fire also. In this way the fire goes on spreading. And more and more bulbs are lit, more and more spiritual fires are ignited. So Prabhupada knew that when a little spiritual light, little fire is started, a little plant is there, it's very fragile, it can be easily destroyed. Especially the faith that he created in many countries. was after a lot of effort and is very thin, can be easily destroyed. So therefore he wanted us to be very careful, to act exactly in line with his instructions. So this goes down to every distributor, goes down to every devotee, goes to every single person. The more that one is responsible, the more he has to be responsible and understand how he is so liable to see the Prabhupada. But every single devotee, how he is presenting himself, how is he presenting Krishna, he's not presenting himself. When someone sees a devotee, he doesn't think of that person as an individual sense. He thinks of him in the sense that he's a member of the Iskhan society, he's a Hare Krishna. Now, therefore, we had difficulty in India one time, you see. One devotee was uh, caught stealing. You know what happens? And there was some devotees to America, and they said, all right, throw him out of the temple. But first, cut off his sikha. This is an old pastime. But in India, everybody has a sikha. So they cut his sikha off and threw him out. I went to the police, and they cut off my sikha. They take away my hindutva. 
my Hinduism. And the police became all angry. How can you cut off his sikha? Well, he was stealing, he was smoking, he was... Well, I smoke, I steal. <laughs> I take bribes, I got a sikha. <laughs> so it was a very touchy thing. <laughs> so in India, see, we can't do such things. Okay, so this is... I had to explain to the other devotees, they couldn't understand the Indian devotee. Why is this going on? There's no use in the West, nobody wears Sikha but Hare Krishna devotees. So if they go out and do something, people say, oh look, there's Hare Krishna. In India, of course, it's not necessary. There you can send them out with Sikha, no one will know. So the point is that we're a society and we're a Sampradaya. And actually we have very good chance. In fact, we have no doubt of success. If we simply stick to these principles. There's no doubt. Just like Prithu Maharaj, even there's so many enemies, they couldn't get near it. They couldn't approach. They couldn't find a fault or an opportunity to attack him. He was so powerful and he was so mysterious. They didn't know where he was coming, where he was going, what he was doing, how much money he had, didn't have, where everything about him was opulent. Because he was covered by Krishna's transcendental potency. So similarly, we have to always be under the shelves of Jagannath Subhadra Balaram, Subhadra Jogamaya. When we're under her shelter, no one can really see what is happening. And somehow or other, we lose her shelter. And Krishna's Mahavaya shelter means big trouble. So that we always have to be very careful to be under the shelter of Yoga Maya. Yoga Maya Samangvita. We have to be under the shelter of Krishna. And that we can only be when we are always fixed up and following the instruction of the previous Acharyas. So I was Looking forward to coming to Nudwarka for the Rath Yatra festival. But Rameshwar called me here early, or I don't know now whether I'll have the fortune to be here also during Rath Yatra. <laughs> I went down to Venice Beach just to see the previous site. But uh, it's very nice to be back and have the holy darshan of C.C. Rukmini Dwarkadish, Nitai Gaur, Rukmini Dwarkanath, Jagannath Subhadra Balaram, and to be present amongst all the great Vaishnavas of this noble and transcendental community, and to be present amongst so many great devotees from all over the world, the present-day Acharyas and DBC members. So, Sri Ramachandra was saying that they always wanted to have an ISKCON festival. So, by his purity, this Nudwark uh, has been the place of coming of so many devotees. So somehow I also slipped in just to take advantage of this association. 
So I think there's other programs. Sila Prabhu Parakhi! Sila Prabhu Parakhi!